Welcome to the MSP Corner podcast. Before we kick off our show, we would like to share what our main objective is at the MSP Corner. Our main goal is to help CEOs build profitable and self-sustainable IT service firms. We are not just providing tools for IT firms. We will be sitting in meetings with you to ensure your IT firm stays on track. The first area we are focused on, strategic sales. IT firms are stuck selling technology or IT support. We will provide you with the blueprint so you position your firm as an added value to your prospects. We will have framework on how to sell value so you influence the prospect into selecting your firm. The second area we see many IT firms struggle in is marketing. 90 plus percent of businesses rely on antiquated marketing methods. The most popular choice, word of mouth. We have proven methods on how to attract the ideal prospect. Our framework will include how to become the online authority and be the business influencer for an industry. The third component to our package, scaling. IT firms walk away from opportunities because they lack the bandwidth or skill set to scale. We have lined up reputable businesses so our members can hire on-demand resources that will allow them to scale their business. The fourth area we will offer help in, selecting the right tools. In order to deliver value, you need the right tech stack. Our platform will offer information on products that are the ideal choice for MSPs. The fifth area we will offer help in is with documentation. Templates are a critical component when building an MSP. We will have contracts, proposals, SOWs, collateral, and much more in the template section. You will have every document you need to start up your managed IT service business. Thank you for tuning in. Let's go to our next podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining podcast number 15. My name is Fernando Leon. I am your host and today's guest. We got a special guest today. He's an M&A expert, Charlie Dino. Charlie has a long history in the tech world. He started back in 1983 and has been in several roles throughout his career. I won't go into every position, but uh, here are some highlights. And he was a growth manager at GE, CEO at Four Cloud Services. Um, He was a CIO uh, one time and is now the chief solutions officer at Acquired Tech, which is powered by Griffin Solutions. And today's topic, you know, is primarily going to be about mergers and acquisitions. And what does it take to build an MSP that will attract investors? Because I know some, uh, I know every MSP has an exit strategy, right? I mean, Charlie, I mean, have you come across a an MSP who it doesn't have a exit uh, strategy or? <laughs> I, I, most, most, most uh, individuals that I know partner with or talk to um, and advise are at some point looking to uh, move on and move on in a way that their business can sustain in the future. So they leave a legacy, but also they feel good about what the return on their investment was as they as they move on. So, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But um, let, let me let's just dive right into this, because, you know, a lot of these uh, this is going to be broadcast broadcasted to MSPs only. 
some of them are break fix. They're still stuck in that break fix model. And so I'm trying to encourage them, inspire them to transition yeah. to the MSP model. But what is, are, are small MSPs attractive for the larger MSPs, those investors that are trying to get into another market? Are they still attractive, these smaller ones that are still stuck in the high six-figure annual you know, uh, revenue? But uh, I know they're primarily looking for seven-figure MSPs. But what yeah. uh, what has been your experience there? Yeah, I, I've got a lot of um, private equity contacts that they look specifically for that for larger MSPs looking for opportunities to um, acquire uh, MSPs that might be you know in in the MSP world if you were to define by number of clients number and and amount of recurring revenue yeah there's still a market out there um, looking for that you know and what I don't know if it helps Fernando for those listening but typically where I see that happening is uh, a larger MSP will acquire for a couple different reasons one obviously the most obvious would be to um, gain some more revenue on the top line, recurring revenue. But the other one that we've seen a lot, and I've, I've talked to Fernando about this, um, you know, as we've gotten to know each other, is around resources. It's, you know, we know this right now. I, I think everybody in the in the audience will know this, is for my business as well. It's tough to find good talent. And so we've seen some of those situations where um, they've looked for an acquisition based upon can they gain talent as well? So not just the recurring revenue and more clients, but can you gain a talent base so that your offering's better for your clients? and as you scale going forward so awesome but do larger msp so how do larger msps determine a small msp is a good fit because you know does it have to be a certain market a certain niche a certain like other a, a number of check boxes they go okay this is this firm is going to be a great fit because we want to go after the medical industry or yeah. i don't know you, you you have more exposure and experience than yeah. i do Charlie. So yeah. what, 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 how is that determined? Yeah, it, it, I think you hit one of them. It could be industry specific. I mean, if you're an MSP and specifically in an industry, I think you, you brought up a great one is healthcare. Um, and you want to find um, smaller MSPs to look at as potential acquisition targets. Um, it, it could be based upon the industry they're serving. I still think it boils down to, listen, industry is important, but it boils down to, if I think about what we do and what I did when I you know, was running for cloud, and before that, just so you know, Fernando, I don't know if we talked about this. I mean, I was running 184 location region at recall uh, for US and Canada. So, you know, thinking about that is how do you increase, and I know I've already said this, but increase your resource talent. And also you get some revenue, but it could be around the industry as well. Um, and just for those that don't know, I mean, you and I talked about some of the brass tacks, but as you're looking through that, if that's something that you're interested in, you're listening, um, the first thing you're going to do is you would acquire what they call as a uh, agent broker. Um, I, we, I know some, if you ever need that, you can contact through Fernando, but what they'll do is they'll start to put you in a situation of due diligence. If you're not familiar with due diligence and that's when you can look at that. I mean, you're the expert in your MSP sector, right? So if you're a larger MSP looking for that act, smaller acquisition, you're going to get the chance to go through that in a due diligence period where you sign confidential documents saying that you're not going to share information either way. And you get to decide that, right? Is this a good fit for my 
reasons for an acquisition, whether that's, you know, it's probably a combo growth, um, getting more resource talent, recur more recurring revenue, uh, et cetera, could be industry specific or could be. I mean, I know that we had this when, when I was running for cloud could be specific to a, a specific technology that you're supporting, right? That they're doing the same thing and that it makes a lot of sense from, um, you know, a, a standpoint of integration uh, from an acquisition standpoint. So, let, let, and this is one conversation I have. Thank you for sharing. And but this is one area that a lot of MSPs I talk to, and a lot of IT firms in general I talk to, they don't have long-term contracts in place. I mean, MRR is important. Monthly recurring revenue is important, but. Does the valuation of an MSP, is it determined by long-term contracts or are annual contracts okay? I know that uh, um, uh, longer-term contracts are ideal, but is that going to play a big factor? Is that a big component, a large component in, in determining that valuation? Is so so it's going to be um, all of all of your pricing either way is going to be uh, based upon EBITDA. So earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, uh, amortization. So that's where they base the price on, right? So how does that EBITDA price as well get more attractive? Any business, whether it's MSP or software company, if they have recurring revenues or recurring contracts, the multiple is going to be higher. Now, with that said, I think you bring up a good point. If you're out there looking to acquire someone, if they don't have recurring contracts, your price could be a little lower, right? That you're going to offer that target. Um, I liken it to, I know it's simple, but it's a, it's a good analogy. It's like real estate, right? We've, I've, I assume most in the crowd have, you know, purchased some type of uh, real estate in their past. And it goes both ways. If you're the seller, you're trying to make your house look better or your property look better to get a higher price. Same goes. If you're the buyer, you're looking for those opportunities that maybe you're going to flip or maybe you're going to go in and do some improvements. And that's back to the recurring revenue. So recurring revenue, you're definitely going to pay a higher multiple on. It is safer. That's the reason is because you've got contracts in place for a year or two years, could be more, um, especially if you have, and I don't know how many of you do this. We started, it took us a few months to figure this out when we had four cloud, but those auto renews where the auto renew goes in place and I don't really have to talk to the client, it just goes. Um, we were both good on both sides with that. But yeah, that's a basis, Fernando, and, and for everyone that you're definitely going to want to look at as you talk to a broker if you're out there looking is, you know, can I get a better, can I offer a better price if it's not recurring revenue? Yes, the answer is going to be yes. You do not have to offer as much on recurring revenue. You're going to have to offer a little bit more on the price. Well, I like your house analogy because it leads great into this next question that I have that. Okay, good, is, good. Do you have multiple investors bidding on one MSP? Do you see that? Like you're getting multiple bids on one company because, you know, just like a house, right? You're going to have multiple bidders and they're going to overpay and all of that. So what is that? Does that happen in the MSP world? I've never I've never been exposed yes. to it. So. Yeah, the answer, the answer is yes. And if you're okay. out there, so let's flip the script. You asked me a question about being out there at the larger MSP looking to purchase or acquire. Let's say you're the opposite. You're looking to sell. We talked about that at the beginning of the podcast. Get yourself a seller broker. 
All right. So a lot of folks get out there and they just try to sell on their own. And the reason the broker, you, you'll be paying a little bit to that broker. And basically, they're typically the, the deals there, just so you know, is they'll charge you upon sale. Um, so that's if you have somebody asking to charge you before it's sold, then you're not with the right broker. But these seller brokers will represent you. Um, in the sale. And I would tell you nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10, everyone that I talk to that has not used a seller broker regrets it afterwards. They look back and they find out when they, because now they've gotten some seed money, somebody's bought the company from them, they're going to go do their next thing, right? And yeah. you start going to different areas where you're learning and you go, hold on, I could gotten this, this, and this, if somebody was, it's, it's back to the real estate example. You know, if you're selling your house, you know, there's yeah. some of us that do for sale by owner. I get it, yeah. but get yourself a representative. Um, the other thing that I would tell you, Fernando, and I think I told you this when we met, is something called Q of E, quality of earnings. Make sure you're getting it either way, whether you're the buyer or the seller. Quality of earnings is done by an outside, typically CPA accounting firm. And what it shows you is what you should be offering or what you should be asking from a price perspective. Without it, it's you're basically kind of licking your finger and putting it up in the air. Interesting. So interesting. And what is the typical uh, list broker charge? It's like a real estate agent. They you know they have that six. That six it's a percentage. Yeah, it's a okay. percentage. I mean, I would say anywhere from like five to seven percent is typically. Okay what to look for you might have some that do 10 but you ask them why it's 10 you might be getting more than than what you thought you were going to get i mean you might be getting more services so but shop it around i mean shop okay. it around too when you're looking for a seller broker or a buyer broker shop it around and get your best deal well i'm going to when i'm when i post this on uh, online i'm going to include your linkedin profile so okay, cool. some of these guys can reach out to you i'm going to yeah, post in my absolutely. in my group and say hey Reach out to Charlie. He is the man when it comes to absolutely uh, mergers and acquisitions. But what advice? Okay, so what, uh, two more questions, Charlie, because I know you got to go. I, I don't want to take up all your your time okay. here. Is I think you might. This will be a great segue into one of the topics you wanted to discuss, and maybe you'll, you'll save it for the webinar. But how do you feel? Because my firm, my MSSP is considered a white label help desk, white label SOC. We work with dozens of IT firms who don't want to manage their own IT people. They're, they're just, they just want to focus on account management, selling, yep. and marketing. That's it. They don't want to manage tax. They're just like, they've been doing it for years and they're like, they want to get away from it. Well, the value of a firm that outsources their SOC or NOC or help desk does that affect the price of a of an MSP or does it really matter? It just it comes down to those to that EBITDA, like you were saying, and the uh, uh, just that uh, uh, um, that profit margin. Is that really does it really matter what they have in place? No, I, I think that I mean, if let's say your EBITDA is high and you're using an outsource, I mean, I, I told Fernando, I, I um, so Acquiretex, he mentioned earlier, is part of a company called Griffin Global Technology, and we we have um, an outsource that we use, and it's ours that we own in Kenya, and we do we call Hybrid Shore. But I mean, when we've we've got MSPs that use us for their help desk and for uh, for knock, etc. 
And when they're going to sell or, or you know, even when you're buying, typically if you're EBITDA, that's that's what matters, right? I mean, I'm just okay. going to tell you, when you go to these brokers that we talked about earlier here, um, they're going to tell you that. At the end of the day, yeah, they're going to look at how, what's the secret to your sauce on how you're delivering. But, I mean, you know, MSPs, I mean, I'm, I'm hopefully no disrespect, is it's not rocket science, right? I mean, what are you doing? You're, you know, managed <laughs> services. And so whether it's outsourced or not, if your EBITDA numbers are there, and I'd argue that when you are outsourcing, especially if you're utilizing something like we have to offer, and I could talk to you guys about it, where you have a lower cost offering that's still quality that gives you the white glove service, what's that going to do? Your EBITDA is going to be higher. So it's it's definitely going to help you. So I would argue that um, if it's if it's something that's going to be quality for your clients, but if you have a better cost savings with it, that's going to make your EBITDA better, EBITDA better. And then it's also going to make um, the sale or purchase um, more attractive. So interesting. interesting. Does that make sense? Okay. Oh, yeah. Total sense. Cool. Cool. There are common denominators that uh, a lot of successful uh, MSPs uh, have in place. They all have this common denominator. They all share that makes them successful is it um would you say that they have made marketing a priority selling value a priority uh the, the networking a priority? because this is a this business is about growth you're gonna have turnover you're gonna have you're gonna lose clients and where do you see what do you see these successful msps focusing on do they is it online marketing is it trade shows? Is it cold calling? What do you see as a common denominator for them to succeed and build a seven, eight figure MSP? Yeah, um, a couple things. Um, I mean, I've, I've, and certainly if you reach out, I can tell you the story about how we've grown here. Um, I was 32nd employee. We're up to 75 in the States and 150 in Kenya. A couple of things we've done is not the traditional is one, um, we do a lot of work on LinkedIn. Um, I think LinkedIn is what I'll call a safe space for all of us that are entrepreneurs and executives, yeah. et cetera. Um, I think number two, I'm involved in a lot of organizations such as Vistage, which is a, a CEO VP group. If you don't know it, it's a national group. I've heard of it. It's it's super helpful for you to, to share with common entrepreneurs, but also you network, right? And you get to talk and advise. Um, I, I'd say the last thing, Fernando, for us has been to be the trusted advisor, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And specifically in MSP, what we were known for before we sold our business for cloud last year was two things. One, white glove service. And what I mean by white glove service is our clients always said, wow, we feel different getting services from for cloud. And the other one was you asked about online marketing. For us, what works is find your best client and see if they're going to put their money where their mouth is when they tell you how good you are is two things that I would tell you to do is net promoter score. You're going to find out if they really like you or not. If you don't know net promoter score, look it up. It's easy. People answer it. And two, get a video testimonial so you can put it up on LinkedIn or on your website talking about why you are a difference maker as an MSP for their, for their uh, business and for their users. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you, Charlie. No worries. And uh, um, I'm sure a lot of these uh, MSP uh, CEOs of MSPs listening, I'm sure they, I'm sure they appreciate it. I'd yeah. love to do a live webinar because I'm sure, I'm sure yeah, some of these guys are going to want to ask questions. 
Better yeah, questions no than what I asked you. So no, it's all good. Hey, one last <laughs> thing too. If if we do the webinar for everybody out there, those that want to come. So let's say you are looking at purchasing or selling. Um, your business are looking for a new MSP to add to your assets. Um, we do a very quick two to three week um, due diligence around what you're about to purchase. Um, and I started doing that because we did so many of them. We created a database with all the best practices, et cetera. It's around IT security, uh, managed services, how they how they manage their operations. Uh, and there's some other things we'd add, but we can talk about that as, at the live webinar as well. And again, not selling, I'm there. I wanna make the, the best uh, potential situation for you guys. That's why, and it, I think I told Fernando this, the other thing that I'm passionate about is seven out of 10 acquisitions don't get integrated. And so we can talk about that as well. And my passion for turning that around. And it starts at the beginning of looking at a potential acquisition target or selling your business. So awesome. Awesome. Well, Charlie, thanks again. I appreciate no worries, you making I know you're a busy guy. Right, and I, pre I appreciate you making time for us. So I uh, look forward to um, uh, the webinar and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll figure that out in, uh, in the next day or so, but cool. I'm going to, I'm going to push stop recording here because uh, I just want to say goodbye on, on, on the side here. So everybody, okay. thanks for listening. If you have any questions, email me sales at mspcorner.com. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to sign up to be a member on www.mspcorner.com. Please share our link with a CEO who will find our information beneficial to their business. Have an awesome day.